All right. Blog Talk Radio. Did you hand me this? Thank you, sister. All right. Well, all right, y'all. Let's take us a red song book stand together. Let's turn to number 30 tonight. Number 30. Send the light, send the light. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves in the light, in the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save, in the light, in the light, in the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore, in the light. The blessed Her husband 
her husband Buddy has just been re- back, back readmitted to the hospital this afternoon, and he's got he's suffering dementia, and uh, it's just he's going downhill. Uh, he hasn't been eating or anything. He's been fighting them on everything. So they they're both his daughters. They're kind of not really sure what to do, but they're just trying to do what they what they can. So y'all please pray for them. Uh, my son Jesse also he he tested positive for COVID, and his wife Rachel she's she's a bad diabetic and she she just uh, she was running little fever earlier today, so she went to get tested too. I think I don't know anything yet, but but pray for them. He had asthma when he was a little boy, so that's the only reason I worry about him. But uh, God's in God's hands; He knows what He's doing. So y'all please pray for healing for for both of them and everybody else that we're that we've got. Scott's still trying to get over this mess. Shirley and them are trying to get over this mess. And, and uh, I know there's others, too. It's, Bonnie's still working on getting over her. She says she feels like she's turned a corner, though. Please remember to lift Grant up in prayer. Give him comfort. And, and uh, God, just be with them. Anybody else? Anything else? My nephew's wife. Yes. Right. I see yeah. you mentioned that. I think I had her on credit, but I haven't done one in so long. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with these needs and, and bless the offering tonight, Amen. Amen. You be seated. Turn to number 55. Number 55, when we all get to heaven. Amen. Only the ones washing the blood going to be in that crowd. <clears throat> Amen. But praise God, my name wrote down. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace in the mansion. Bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, Clouds will overspread the sky, but when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sign. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true. 
and when it seems the glory, I sing the new, new song. Twill be the old, old story that I have loved so long. I love to tell the story. Twill be my fame and glory to tell the old, old story. Of Jesus and his love. Amen. Number 118 in the sweet by and by. Amen. Get sweeter all the time, too. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see. For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall see Melodious songs of the blessed, and our spirits will sorrow no more. Not a sigh for the blessing of rest. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful Are you sure that you're 
you're ready. Are you born again? And and he said, yes. He said, well, and he said, the dog was scratching at the door. And he said, he said, you know, he said that that dog's never been in this room before, but he wants in here. So you know why he wants in here? Because his master's in here. He said, when you know where you're going, you're not going to be concerned about getting there because you know your master's there. Amen. And that's, that ought to be a comforting thought. Amen. That sweet by and by. That's why it's sweet because the Lord's there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to be in God's house tonight. Good to be with you. I got four verses tonight, Robert. Four. I didn't put them in there. God did that. But I. But uh, I'm not. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on Him. There's only four verses He left us for tonight. But we're we'll, we're gonna try to stretch them as far as we can. Amen. We'll try to make it cover the whole hour. I don't know that we can, but we're gonna try. All right. Psalm. And we'll turn over to Psalm 123. Psalm 123, verses 1 through 4. And let's go ahead and read that, and then we'll pray and we'll get into the message. All right, it says, A song of degrees, unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress. So our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word, and let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, now we come before your presence. Father, I know that I need you. Lord, I know that I can't do a thing up here without you that's any good. I know that in me there's nothing any good except for what you put there. And I pray tonight that, Lord, you forgive me and cleanse me of any sin that might be in my life that might hinder your power and Lord, I pray tonight you forgive me and fill me with your power. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me, Lord. Lord, every fiber of my being, Lord, touch and awaken. Make alive, Lord, to your response. Lord, I pray, Father, that you use me tonight as an instrument of your hand. Lord, speak through me tonight. Speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, I pray you make their hearts sensitive to what the Holy Ghost of God has to say through the Word of God tonight. Lord, we're not... We're not treading upon unfamiliar ground, Lord, but sometimes we get dull appearance. I pray you, Lord, you awaken our ears, Father, lest the devil might steal away something you have for us tonight. I pray, Lord, for those with hurting hearts, Father, I pray you comfort as only you can. Lord, soothe, Father, that, that agonizing mind, Father. I pray, Lord, that you give them rest and relief. Lord, be with those that are sick and those that are hurting. Please, Lord, meet every need, Father. We pray, Lord, as we come to you now to honor and glorify Jesus. Lord, we pray that that be done, and that thy will be done in the message tonight, Father. Please, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> All right. And as you'll remember, I, I know I repeat this every time, but Psalm 120 through 134, these are little short psalms and and they're they're all little individual psalms. Like I said, it's like the, the one nineteen is the continent, and these are little little keys off the end of it, like Florida. These are little little dots of islands 
beyond the continent. And uh, Psalm 120 dealt with David being in distress and crying out to the Lord for help. Psalm 121 dealt with divine aid, his, his uh, crying out for divine aid to be kept by the Lord. Psalm 122 was the psalm. These are psalms of degrees, is what it, what it, it says, and, and this is the, that was the degree of dwelling, of, of being in the house of the Lord, a dwelling place. But tonight, a Psalm 123 deals with direction, the degree of direction, or being guided by the Lord. Amen. I, I mean, we ought to we ought to know that we're to be guided by the Lord. We hear Jesus talk about straight and narrow way, and and versus the broad way, and and uh, you know he talks about you know the way being rocky, and and we're to walk by walk with Him and hold His hand all the way. We need direction. Uh, David talks about uh, the Word of God being a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, and that the, the, the man's steps are ordered by the Lord. So this whole idea of being guided, the Holy Spirit of God given to us another comfort and guide us into all truth. We're told to looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and turn neither to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. So we're, direction and guidance is a high priority in the Christian life. And, and God is to guide us the whole way. But <clears throat> David looks at this tonight, and he looks at direction. And uh, we're going to look at tonight. At, 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 we only we really got two points, and we got two subpoints under each one, and then we got a couple subpoints under those points there. But I don't think it's going to take so long. I really don't. But anyway, let's get into it. So we won't we won't delay any longer. Number one, I want us to notice tonight that David says that the afflicted. Those that are going through trouble, the afflicted, look to the Lord. They look to the Lord. It's go, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about two things. The afflicted look to the Lord, and number two, that the afflicted plead for mercy. Amen. Who is afflicted? That's us. That's, that's, those, that's the child of God who's, who the world does not love. The one who has to go through tribulation, the one who's got to go through trials. Well, that's who, we're the afflicted. But where are we to look? The Bible says we're to look to the Lord. Verse 1, he says, he says, unto thee, lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heaven. Let me address that a song of degrees tonight. Again, the, the, these, these psalms, 120 through 134, they're a series of psalms that were sung by pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem at feast time. And so these songs were like songs along the road to encourage them. And, and they give a pattern of preparation to meet with God and his people. So we can relate that to ourselves today because what do we do? We prepare all week long to meet together with God's people and God in his house. So so we can look at it from that standpoint. But he says, he says, unto thee lift I up mine eyes. He's declaring his intention. I'm going to look to God. He's declaring his action. I am looking. To God. <clears throat> Why am I looking to God? Because He is my help. Amen. He, he said back in two Psalms ago, He said, "I lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord." So that's what He again. He's talking about. He's not lifting up His eyes to the hills. He's looking beyond. Remember. So He's under Thee. Lift up my eyes. Why do I lift up my eyes to God? Because God is my help. He's a present help. 
Amen? I don't have to, you know, I thank God that I know the truth, aren't you? Don't you? I thank God. Uh, listen, I feel sorry for people who are deceived and they think that they got to go down to, right, like two blocks from here. Those folks that go down there to that Catholic church, I feel sorry for them. They think they got to go in there and slip in the little booth and tell a sinful man all their sins so that they can be somehow forgiven. I don't understand how they think that in court and, and jive that with the Word of God because the Word of God don't teach that stuff. Amen? Hey, there's one mediator between God and man. That's Jesus Christ. Amen? There, and listen, that's why the veil of the temple was torn and ripped in twain because there's nothing in between us and God. Jesus, he made the way. Amen? So I thank God for that. He's a present help. Amen? I don't have to wait. It ain't like, you know, you remember what uh, <clears throat> Elijah said to the prophets of Baal? Well, maybe he's sleeping. Baal, maybe Baal's taking a nap and can't get to him. Thank God Hey, the God we serve, he doesn't sleep. Amen. So when you wake up in the middle of the night and your heart is 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 in despair and anxiety, your mind can't rest, you don't have to worry about getting through to him. Amen. He's always there. Amen. I used to sing a song in church, Central's never busy, always on the line at Royal Telephone. Amen. Oh, we can talk to Jesus on the Royal Telephone and never get a busy signal. Amen. Always. He's a present help. Amen. He's an all-powerful help. I mean, where am I going to help? I'm going to the Lord who made everything. So, I mean, what do I have to fear? Can he handle it? You know he can. What a relief. What a what a, pre- uh, what a, what a uh, precious uh, treasure it is to know that the one that you're going to for help can handle whatever there is. If it's in his will, he can do it. Amen. He can do it if it ain't in his will, but it's got to be in his will. But if it's in his will, praise God, you ain't got a thing to worry about. You ain't got a thing to worry about if it ain't in his will, amen, because his will is perfect. Here's what. But thank God he's always present. He's all-powerful. You know what else? He's all-sufficient. When Paul went to him, Lord, three times, Lord, please take away this thing, whatever it was, and I think it was his eyesight. He couldn't see very well. He was trying to he'd say, Lord, you heal my eyes. There's all kinds of things I could do. You just make where I can see. I mean, my life would be all a lot easier, Lord. You know, it would be so much easier to get around, and it's so much easier to, 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 to make it in life that we can see it. And God says, but that's all right, Paul. That's why you need me so much. You need me. And you got to cling to me every single day just to make it. Oh, I'm sure if Paul could tell us everything wrong, he'd say, I'm eat up with arthritis from head to toe. I've been whipped and beat so many times. I've got scar tissue on top of scar tissue on top of scar tissue, and every joint of mine aches and aches and aches and aches, and I can't see where I'm going. God says, but I'm enough. I'm enough. My, my grace is sufficient for thee, Paul. And it's sufficient for us, too. Amen? When we're in need, he's sufficient for us. And you know what? He's not only is he present and powerful and sufficient, he's personal too, isn't he? Amen. What did Peter say? Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. God cares. It's amazing. I mean, listen, I'm not bound down to some statue somewhere that's stone and ain't got no real feelings, can't feel everything I feel. Jesus felt it all. He knows it all. He's been through worse than I could ever imagine. So there's nothing for me that I'm ever going to go through where I can't know that when I go to God and I say, God, you, you got to understand what I'm going through. And God says, I don't know what you're going through. And he's protective. 
I'm his child. He's protective over me. I tell you right now, somebody wants to come after one of my kids, they better look out. I'm going to be a bad son of a gun to deal with. I tell you right now, I, I don't play around coming to my kids. I mean, I'd be a nice guy, but you, you know, I clip switch and heartbeat too. You know, if it comes right down to it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up for my children. You know what? God does the same thing for us. Amen. I mean, I know we hit on it all the time, but, but I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they stood up to, how they stood up to the king, and they said, you know, we're not worried about a king. You know what? You throw us in there, and it may so be that God does save us, but even if He don't save us, we ain't bowed down. I think God liked it just so much. Jesus just showed right up in the fire with them. You know, God loves it when people when, when people stand up for what He said. When people proclaim the truth in the face of of, of everything that comes against the truth, they just go and say it anyway and do it anyway and stand for it anyway. Don't care what anybody else says or thinks. I mean, God, I believe God gets excited over that kind of stuff. Amen. He's protective. Amen. And you know what? When He says, "I'll lift up." Under thee, lift up mine eyes. That also tells me something else about his direction and his looking. It means his eyes are not on his circumstances. Let that roll around in there a minute. He ain't looking at what's going on around him. That's the worst thing you can do. I mean, didn't Peter teach us that? I mean... Let me just say this. I know this has nothing to do with this message, but I just want to throw this out there. We make Peter out to be a hero because he stepped out of the boat and walked toward Jesus. But do you know Jesus never told him to do that? That was God's permissive grace. God never said, Peter, get out of the boat. Come on out here, boy. He never did that. Peter jumped out of there on his own volition. I'm coming to you, Jesus. You know, Jesus was merciful and let him walk a little ways. But he also taught him a good, valuable lesson, didn't he? You think you're all tough walking over here, but as soon as that wave hits you in the side of the head and that wind blows your hair back, yeah, you went to blub, 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 blub because you started noticing everything you wasn't supposed to be doing. Right. But you know what? <laughs> we don't look at the circumstances. Again, we're not to look down. We're not to look at what's going on around us because that's, I mean, he gives us, well, he walks us through the valley of the shadow of death. So, I mean, yeah, those things are naturally going to be frightful to your flesh, but... But if, but if we remember who's got us, it's not. If we remember whose hand we're in, we're not. Because he's able to, to defeat all that. Now, peace be still. I mean, he's able to shut her down for everything that would come against us. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I mean, God is able to keep you. Amen? He's not looking at his circumstances, and he's not looking at himself. You know what we do all too often? We look at ourselves. We say, I can't do this. And then we start coming unwound because we're starting to think about how we can handle something. No, I can't handle I can't handle a whole lot, amen. I'll be honest with you. I hate to admit this, but I'm weak. I'm weak. I thought I I'm gonna tell you something. I thought I was so grown and so callous that I gosh, I ain't cried in years. I probably cried more in the last two months than I've cried I don't know how long. I really have. I've shed a lot of tears in the last two months, and I don't imagine they're all done either. You know, my heart, God, God, God has, has, you know, He has a way of humbling you. And if I focused on everything around me, I'd fall apart. I have focused on God, 
and let God handle the things I can't handle. And that's what David's saying right here. He's saying, oh, Lord, I'm lifting up my eyes unto you, unto thou that dwellest in the heavens. He remembers where God is. Amen? What a help we have. I mean, our God is bigger than the world we live in. Our God made the world we live in. Our God is is so incredibly uh, magnificent. We remember where he is, our help. We grow in trust. Amen? We're not counting on a buddy who may let us down and might not show up. I used to get so aggravated my brother growing up. I'd rather say, oh, I'll be right there to help you, and I'd wait on him, and he never would show up. I said, what happened to you? Oh, some girl come by. Yeah, I mean, that, he, was, he, was always, he was always like that. I can't let him, he let me down. I can't let him, he let me down. God ain't like that. Like I said, my, my daddy used to say, I'll be by to pick you up. I'll be by there. And I'd sit there until the sun went down looking out the window and he never turned dead. People will let you down. God won't let you down. Amen. Oh, thou that dwellest in the heavens. Grow in trust. You know, we grow in confidence especially from glory to glory. As God shows up and his hand moves in our life, he does something incredible in our in our life. You know, we look back and we go, wow. You remember how God did that? Yeah, that was incredible. Well, you know what? That's that's evidence. So the next time I, I'm faced with, with a situation where I'm in fear or, or, or I'm in doubt, I look back on the last time when God had his hand on me, and I say, wow, I ain't no, ain't no reason for me to be afraid now. There's no need there's no need me doubting or worrying. The same God who carried me through last time will carry me through now. I always say this, but God never God did not bring me this far to leave me now. The grace of God will never lead you. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. The will of God. The will of God will never lead you, for the grace of God is not able to keep you. Amen? God ain't never going to take you somewhere where he ain't got the power to, to keep you and, and, and take care of you through it. <clears throat> he has an abundant supply of everything we need. Amen? Oh, thou that dwellest in heaven. Verse 2. Look at verse 2. We're going to look at how to look. All right? We said where to look, but how to look. The afflicted looks to the Lord. How to look. Okay? Behold, as the eyes of, a ser- of servants look under the hand of their masters. And as the eyes were maiden under the hand of her mistress, so are the eyes, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God. Let's stop right there. As the eyes of servants look under the hand of their masters, I want you to picture a, a super, super rich, wealthy home and, and, and a very wealthy family sitting around a table. And there's a man standing over against the wall. He got on a tuxedo white gloves, he's the butler. You know what he's doing? He's looking for somebody to set a napkin on a plate. He's looking for somebody to scoot back from the chair. He's looking for somebody to reach and get a glass and see if they need water, whatever. He is ready to move and take care of whatever is necessary. I don't know about y'all. I don't know how nice of a restaurant y'all have ever eaten in. But I tell you, I ate over in Dallas one time. Went to uh, Bob's Steak and Chop House over there. One fancy, one some fancy deal. I can't remember, but anyway, I went in there. I mean, I ain't never seen nothing like it in my life. I was eating bread, and this dude come by, and he had some kind of tool I ain't never seen before, and he went across that linen tablecloth, and all them crumbs was gone. I don't. He caught them. He had a little little catcher. He's raking across. I mean, 
man, I, I mean, I never seen anything like it in my life. I said, they're paying some guy to get crumbs off the table. It's incredible. And he's, he's good at it, you know. It's, he's excellent at his job. I mean, he's ready. And, I mean, I, as soon as I broke that bread, he come in a, He was watching me. That's, what, that's how God says we ought to be serving him. Think about that for a second. As the eyes of the servant look on the hand of the hand of their master, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God. That servant, that servant is waiting for the slightest indication of a need, the slightest indication, indication of a want, to instantly rush and meet that need. How, how long has it been since we have looked at God and, 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 and thought like that about him? I can't wait. I want to, as soon as I see you have something that you want me to do, I want to rush to do it for you, Lord. That's how God wants us to look at him in his business. I don't know if we're that way or not. But I say if we're not, we need to sure consider our ways. <clears throat> because, you see, that's, that's loving with intensity. It's not loving because I'm afraid I'm going to lose something. But it's loving because I want to have something. I don't, I don't want to serve God because I'm afraid that I'm, because I, I know I can't lose my salvation. So I don't serve him out of fear. We're talking about a servant. We're not talking about a slave. We're not talking about somebody who's under duress. We're talking about somebody, this is what I do. This is my job. This is my occupation is to serve God, to, to, to serve the living God, to please my Savior. And so I need to do it with an intensity. I need to love out loud and love hard. When I, if I'm going to love, love hard. I mean, why would we love him a little? We ought to love with devotion, a faithfulness. I mean, really. I mean, you know, we shouldn't be wishy-washy. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be. I'm going to. I'm going to tell the truth tonight. I have been wishy-washy in my Christian life along the way. I, I'm not proud of that, but it's true. I have, and I dare say, if we're all honest, we probably all have been at one time or another. We go through phases, but. We ought to have a devotion. Hadn't he been devoted to us? Hadn't he been faithful to us? We ought to be faithful back. There ought to be a steadfastness about us as we look toward God. We ought not look away and look back. I mean, I know I wrote that song, didn't I? Don't look away from me. Why? Because there was times in my life where I was looking off from God, looking in my own way, my own direction. How to look? Well, he said, like the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their masters, and the last that verse says, until he have mercy on us. Until he have mercy upon us. This is how long David's going to keep his attention focused toward God. He don't demand, God, you give me an immediate answer right now. He's saying, no, Lord, I'm going to keep looking, and I'm going to keep looking, and I'm going to persevere patiently until you extend your mercy to me and give me what I'm asking for. I'm not giving up. I'm not getting mad. I'm not, I'm not trying to be pushy, Lord. I'm just going to be faithful, and I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be uh, consistent as I serve and look for your mercy. All right, number one, I said, well, the afflicted look to the Lord. But now I want you to see number two on this. The afflicted pleads for mercy. 
He's pleading to God for mercy. And number one on this, I see the request for mercy. It's there in verse 3, the first part. He said, have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. He said it twice. Why? Because once wasn't enough. I think the first time was a little softer than the second time. As he says it the second time, I believe he's, he's saying a little stronger with a little more emotion. Have mercy on us. He isn't satisfied just to wait for it. He's intensely pleading for it. God, please help us. Have mercy on us, God. I mean, he, he's, he's going through something here. He's, he's going to suffer. He needs God to give him mercy. He, he, he's demonstrating here that waiting for the Lord, it's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. We're, to, we're not to just sit back and fold our arms and say, okay, I, I asked. I'm going to sit back and wait. Now, no, God wants us, remember, ask. Ask is in the aortic sense of the verb. It's, it's ask is asking, asking, knocking and knocking and seeking and seeking and seeking. We're to do that consistently, for, uh, I mean, just constantly. Again, the, the, the idea of it is a, he's, he's persistent to the point of irritating the guy inside to give up and giving him what he asked for. When God says to ask, he means to ask. Keep on asking for mercy. There's several verses in here I wrote down. I don't know if i got time to read them all, but Psalm 56, 1 and 2. When the Philistines took, took him down in Gath, David said, Be merciful unto me, O God. For man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up. For they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. Lord, I'm going to have, I'm going to, have to get your help or I ain't going to make it is what he's saying. Psalm 57, 1. This is when he was in a cave hiding from Saul. He was trying to kill him. Be merciful unto me, O, o God. Be merciful unto me. For my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge into these calamities. Be overpassed. And again in Psalm 69, verse 13 through 16. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time, O Lord. O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me. In the truth of thy salvation, deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me. And out of the deep, deep waters, let not the water flood overflow me. Neither let the deep swallow me up. And let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. <coughs> Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Have mercy on us. Now, don't you feel like that? I feel like that quite often. I have felt like that through this whole COVID mess. Oh, my goodness. And still feeling like that. Lord, have mercy on us. I mean, this took a toll on this little church right here. It, it has took a heavy toll on us. We need mercy. But I want you to look here in verse, it, 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 well, it's in verse 4. He's talking about the reason for mercy. Why is he pleading for mercy? He said, our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. Two things he says there, scorning and contempt. Again, they're going up to worship the Lord. There's people that don't like people worshiping the Lord, believe it or not. I know it's hard for you to get your head around because, I mean, who wouldn't want, 
enjoy people worshiping the Lord. Amen. I don't know if anybody comes out of church wanting to hurt somebody. I mean, we always used to come out of church in a good mood. I, I don't know why church would be a bad thing for anybody, but there's people who hate church. There's people that put graffiti on the outside of them and burn them to the ground. There's people that hate preachers who will take any opportunity they can, like a pot shot of the preacher. Like, hey, he ain't doing nothing. He just he don't do nothing. He works two hours a week. Blah blah blah. I mean, they just want any kind of run down they can. They'll take their opportunity. Y'all just leaning on a religious crutch. Oh, a big pie in the sky. Some old man in the sky. I mean, they'll do anything they can to run down somebody who trusts and believes the Lord. I know we live in a wonderful area of the country where we got a lot of people around us that love Jesus. I, I'm thankful there's churches all over the place, but there are other places in this country where it's hated. And as time goes on and as people stop bringing their children to church and stop coming to church, it's going to get more and more that way here. That's why the Bible says judgment must begin at the house of God. we got to start here. You can't fix it in Washington. You've got to fix it right here. So he says, we're exceedingly filled with the scorn of those that are ease and contempt of the proud. Scorning is mocking with laughter. They made fun of him for going to the house of the Lord. Contempt, springing from pride and wickedness. He said, our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorn of those who are at ease. You know, people that don't think hell's real, boy, they'll make fun of you. People who don't believe that Bible's real, they'll say all kinds of ugly things against the Lord. And and I and I run into them. I, I, I know it's my own fault. I'm on social media. I, I, I run into them quite often, and I don't sit and argue with them. Ain't no point in arguing with a fool. The Bible tells you not to. I just I just warn them and go on about my way. But those that are at ease, and the Bible says with the contempt of the proud, and with the contempt of the ungodly and their and their wickedness. You know, everything I hear out of the mouth of that man who's in the Oval Office tells me he has a great contempt for us. And everything comes out of that woman, that wicked woman that sits up at that bench in Congress. She has a wicked contempt for us. And I, I'm telling you, there are so many people in government who have a horribly wicked contempt for the people of God. And they're making money off of people suffering. They're making money off of people dying. They're making money off of all kinds of wicked things that they're doing. And nobody knows what to do about it. And David kind of felt that way, I think. He kind of felt a little bit similar way. It was a different situation, but it was a similar circumstance. Because he says, and I want you to listen, and when he says that, he said we're filled with contempt. What he means is the people around us, they're all contemptuous. They're all treating us that way. And he, and, and he says we are exceedingly filled with contempt. And here, here's, here's what he means, and I'm, I'm trying to come to the end of this. I ain't far from it. But he, he's saying, he said, I need your intervention, Lord. I need you to intervene, and I need your mercy because... I'm filled with this contempt that's put on me by other people. Sometimes people say ugly things about about you because you're uh, because because you're about the Lord or something like that, and you say, "Okay, that's fine, I'm sure I, I'll take that." That's for Jesus' sake. Praise God, eh? Hallelujah! I've been, you know, somebody want to run me down for Jesus' sake, and and it don't bother you at all. Rolls off like water off a duck's back. But other times, maybe it's somebody that you didn't expect it from. Maybe it's somebody that you thought you were close to. And it hurts, and it gets down under your skin, and you say, man, that really got to me, and I, and I don't like it. 
We, you know, enough times if somebody if somebody coming at you like that, it'll it'll knock you flat. It, it it'll it'll get you down. It'll make you it'll make make you feel a little salty, and you shouldn't. Make you get in your flesh is what it'll do. And only the mercy of God is going to get us out of it. Because that's how people get tired, and that's how people give up. They say, you know, it's a whole lot easier when I when I wasn't trying to follow God so close, and I didn't have people griping at me and and being ugly to me. I, you know, I, you know, back back when I back when I used to let sin bother me, and I used to say nothing but stuff. But you know what? You say the closer you get to God, the more sin will bother you. Did you know that? You know, I, I on my way up here, and I'm trying to hurry because we're about to run out of battery over here. But on my way up here, nearly every time I, I drive right across the square, and right, right when you get to that red light, I mean, right when you get to the stoplight, there's a manhole in the middle of the road. Y'all ever notice that manhole? But it doesn't bother me. I, I know that if you take that manhole off, cover off, and you look down in there, there's some sewer in there. There's sewage in there. There's bugs and there's all kinds of lizards and probably snakes and rats and everything else. Disgusting. Not to mention raw sewage down in that hole. But if you don't ever look down in, it don't bother you. But you see, the closer you get to God, the more sin stinks. The more God shows you how ugly it really is. And the more you see how ugly and vile sin is, the less you want to be around it. And when you are around it, it'll make you to the point where you don't say something about it. And then people start getting mad at you because who are you to say something to us? Why? You're crazy. How dare you think like that? You, 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 you Bible thumper. Y'all ain't going back to Sunday school. I mean, they, they they don't want you infringing on their liberties with your truth. There's contempt to the proud. They like their sin. They're happy in it. They're going to split hell wide open, but that's all right. That's their business. Oh, the contempt of the proud. It makes, you know, it makes it even worse because he knows it comes from the proud and the arrogant. It's like, I'm so sick of hearing these people talk. <laughs> I don't even watch the news anymore. I can't stand to listen to them talk. I just have to turn them off. So, I mean, that, and that, he don't want to hear them talk either. He can't turn them off. It ain't no news show. It's people saying things to him in the flesh. But I get to, I get to that point. I don't even want to hear it no more. <clears throat> Psalm one nineteen fifty one. The proud have had me and have had me in gr- greatly in derision. Yet have I not declined from thy law. David said, "They can say what they want to, but I'm not changing." First Corinthians four thirteen. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world, and are the off scouring of all things under this day. That's what Paul said about us. Even though people run us down, we're still trying to get them saved. He said, we're made the filth of the world. That's the way they look at us. And we're the off-scouring of all things to this day. I don't know what off-scouring of all things means, but I do know my daddy's talking about a cow got the scours. You know? It's all down his backside. And I, that's the scours as far as I know. So the off-scouring, that means we're just about like a pile of manure to everybody else. That's okay. That's okay. But to the Lord, I'm worth it all because he shed blood of his own son for me. Look at how God views us versus how the world looks at us. I need mercy. 
I need God's mercy. Amen? Because in the middle of all, we've got to walk through all this, and we need God's grace. You know why? Because we've got to be Christ-like. Because people are going to die and go to hell, and we need to see them for who they really are rather than seeing them through the eyes of our flesh and letting it overwhelm us. We need to walk with grace. We need to walk with the love of God. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus and not look at our circumstances and look to him for mercy and help as we walk these last miles of the way. Because, my friends, we are in the last mile of the way. I don't know whether y'all realize it or not, but this world's lining up. It's really lining up. Listen, all that stuff that's happening, all that Taliban stuff that happened, China and Russia and all them getting together over there, that's all lining up. Everything's lining up for the end times. Jesus ought to be here shortly. We just need to have we just need God's mercy the last mile of the way. Amen. All right. I think that's good enough. Let's stand together tonight.